Welcome back to The Dead Drop, your secret cachet of game news delivered safely and securely to your podcast player. I'm Matt Bliss, your interpreter of the games industry, your prophet of playable material, your professor of time preservation. We're almost at 20 episodes at The Dead Drop, and we're doing quite well. And I haven't asked you this of you yet, but if you do enjoy the podcast, if you really like it, make sure you tell a couple of friends, and if you can, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. While it doesn't help with algorithmic discovery, it does tell people what you think and they're more likely to give it a go if you enjoy it. So here we go. For the last day of this week, here are the news stories that you need to know. Activision Blizzard as a parent company earlier this week confirmed that they will be lifting their vaccine mandate, which requires all staff that work on site and physically with other staff members to be vaccinated. In response to this, employees walked out on April 4th to show their solidarity in bringing back a vaccine mandate in order to keep everybody safe on their return to the office. About 115 people walked out, and of course, Activision Blizzard walked this back just a tiny bit. Whereas they initially said the vaccine mandate was over unilaterally across all of their organizations, they did then say that it's up to each individual component of Activision Blizzard to make their own mandate requirement. So Activision Publishing, Blizzard, Raven Software, which we've heard about quite a bit over the last few weeks, all of them can require different levels of vaccine mandate towards staff members that are returning to the office. Now, of course, this is a discussion about return to the office after the pandemic. I say after, but we're currently still in it. This conversation is always made hard. They always talk about being able to work from home, which means they have to work from home if they aren't vaccinated. But there are some disgruntled employees who are vaccinated and are looking to do the right thing by everybody else and saying that they should not be allowed to do this when they work as part of the company. Of course, time will tell what happens with Activision Blizzard itself. Hopefully they're doing what's best for the employees and looking out for their welfare and their well-being and not looking to bring everybody back again to a five days a week kind of scenario that a lot of tech companies across the industry are looking to do. There is, of course, always more with Activision Blizzard that we could talk about. Have a look in the show notes for more of the details and to explore a little bit further about the current state of things. It was announced by Epic Games this week that the Unreal Engine 5 is now available for people to download and start to develop in. This is uh, two years after the announcement, of course. And Crystal Dynamics has come out and said that the new Tomb Raider game is currently in development using Unreal Engine 5 as well. Of course, CDPR has come out and said that The Witcher 4 will be working in Unreal Engine 5. We've also had the demo that was run after The Matrix called The Matrix Awakens, available on next-gen consoles. And I'd say developing games in Unreal Engine 5 will be attracted for a lot of people. It's been well known at this stage that Epic Games is quite generous with the cut to developers that use the engine. So with that going forward, we might be seeing a lot more games using the higher frame rate options for bigger assets and the improved lighting detail that's present in Unreal. Niantic, the developers of the infamous game Pokemon Go, has now acquired NZXR, a firm that was originally working on the Magic Leap, which was an AR VR device that didn't use screens to create the VR experience, but instead blasted light into your eyes to make it seem like there was a screen in front of you. This projection technology didn't really take off, but now that company based in New Zealand has been purchased by Niantic 
to add to their AR company catalogue of development companies that they've been acquiring over the last year. This makes the fifth one, and Niantic is really pledged to making augmented reality the brand new thing in game development. It's been around for a long time, but they're trying to work hard to bring something new and innovative and something groundbreaking into the industry. Whether that is in Pokemon Go, it's hard to say. Although if they were working hard and they were doing the right things, they would definitely bring Pokemon into the mix just to keep it popular and get the younger gamers engaged. Minecraft, owned by Microsoft, has now released Rivercraft, a component of the Minecraft game, or a world, that was developed to show children the effects of climate change and flooding in an interactive environment. As Minecraft is owned by Microsoft and the Minecraft for Education program it runs worldwide, is available for a number of schools, and I know in Australia that the Minecraft program is available for any student to use, this would hopefully add some environmental agency to the people looking to find out more about climate change and engage younger students into the discussion. On the subject of children and video games, Fortnite has currently raised $144 million for the Ukraine aid, providing money to charities for the relief during the Russian invasion. And what we need to remember is that it's taken two weeks of 100% of Fortnite's revenue to get to $144 million. That is one of the largest widespread and most charitable earnings calls that we could have seen for a video game. While the money is great, we kind of have to look back on it and think, these guys get $144 million every fortnight just by simply doing what they do. That is a crazy amount of money. And I ask you, should one single game monopolize both the money and the engagement of gamers for this kind of purpose? Or should they be looking to diversify and making the money available to be submitted in other cases? In a post loot box world, it's an important question, I think. Ubisoft is back in the discussion again as it announces that Ghost Recon Breakpoint, the game immediately after Ghost Recon Wildlands, is ceased being developed for and they've released their final update to the game. Came out in 2019 to not much fanfare and there was a lot of resistance to it, but it's also been the platform upon which they've been testing their Quartz platform, which is designed to sell NFTs as cosmetics within their games. While Breakpoint may be concluding, it looks like Quartz is set to continue and their renewed vigor into the NFT space still seems to remain. Whether they should or should not? That's another good question to ask you guys. Let me know via email. If you think NFTs have a reasonable position in the games industry, whether they're just a massive scam, let me know at deaddroppod at gmail.com. And last thing today isn't really much of a story, but it's more of a recommendation, a promotion. The thing that I want to tell you about is that Xbox Game Pass is on the up and up again, it seems to come in waves and troughs in terms of the games that it gets, but we're currently in a great period of time for you to jump on a subscription right now and have a look at the new games that have been released as part of it. Life is Strange True Colors is to come to the platform soon, as well as Star Wars Squadrons. We've also got Guardians of the Galaxy, Tunic, Weird West, as well as older release titles such as Halo Infinite, It Takes Two, Age of Empires 4. There's so many great games on there right now and you could potentially pay for the very, very low price of $1 for the next month or potentially several months. If you were playing on PC or on Xbox Series X or S, might be a great idea to jump onto Game Pass this month 
and see what you think. Those day one releases are really hard to walk by and we could be looking at the prime golden time to jump on this before the subscription prices start rising as competition increases. So jump in and have a look. Not a sponsorship. We're not sponsored by Microsoft, obviously, but I do recommend it with myself being a part of the program to give it a good look. That's all we've got for you this week. That was the gaming industry news you need to know. This is your first episode. Welcome to the Dead Drop community. Head to deaddroppod.com to check out the sources of the stories and more. Join me every Monday and Thursday to discuss the latest game news. Make sure you tell your friends about the Dead Drop. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Stay safe, stay well, and I'll see you here next week. Bye.